is a technology or an idea on the cusp of commercial viability. The new, new thing. It's easier to say what the new, new thing is not than what it is. It is not necessarily a new invention. It is not even necessarily a new idea. Most everything has been considered by someone at some point. The new, new thing is a notion that is poised to be taken seriously in the marketplace. It's the idea that is moments from gaining general acceptance, and when it does, will change the world. The searcher for the new, new thing conforms to no well-established idea of what people should do for a living. He gropes. Finding the new, new thing is as much a matter of timing as of technical or financial aptitude, though both of those qualities help. The sensation that defines the search is the sweet, painful feeling that you get when you can't think of a word that feels like it's right on the tip of your tongue. For most people, the relief they experience upon finding it is almost physical. They sink back in their chairs and try not to stumble upon any more difficult words. The person who makes his living searching for the new, new thing is not like most people, however. He does not seriously want to sink back into any chair. He needs to keep on groping. He chooses to live perpetually with that sweet, tingling discomfort of not quite knowing what it is he wants to say. It's one of the little ironies of economic progress that, while it seeks to provide greater levels of comfort, it depends on people who prefer not to get too comfortable. From the start of my investigation of Silicon Valley, I knew I was trying to describe a process, how this fantastic wealth got created. It just so happened that the process was best illustrated by this character. After all, the greatest legal creation of wealth in the history of the planet came directly from the new, new thing. When you asked, how is it that an entire economy made this little leap, you were really asking, how is it that some person gave an entire economy a little push? Believe it or not, there are people inside and outside of Silicon Valley who consider it almost their duty to find the new, new thing. That person may not be entirely typical of our age. Is anyone? But he is, in this case, representative, a disruptive force, a catalyst for change and regeneration. He is to Silicon Valley what Silicon Valley is to America, and he's left his fingerprints all over the backside of modern life. What I've tried to write in a roundabout sort of way, which is the only way I could think to write it, is a character study of a man with the gift for giving a little push to Silicon Valley and to the whole economy. To do this, I had to follow him on his search. I hope the reader will, too. At any rate, I hope he or she gets a sense of what it feels like to be so oddly and messily engaged. Progress does not march forward like an army on parade. It crawls on its belly like a gorilla. The important events in capitalism no longer occur mainly in oak-paneled offices, if indeed they ever did. They can happen in the least likely of places. On a boat in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, for instance. As it turned out, the main character of this story had a structure to his life. He might not care to acknowledge it, but it was there all the same. It was the structure of an old-fashioned adventure story. His mere presence on a scene inspired the question that propels every adventure story forward. What will happen next? I had no idea. And neither, really, did he. The New New Thing Chapter 1 The Boat That Built Netscape the original plan, which Lord knows didn't mean very much when that plan had been made by Jim Clark, was that we would test the boat quickly in the North Sea and then sail it across the Atlantic Ocean. If nothing went too badly wrong, it would take us six days to sail down to the Canary Islands and another ten to the Caribbean. 
I had seen Clark in so many different situations that I felt sure I knew him and the range of behavior he was capable of. But there is nothing like 16 days on the high seas with a small group of people who have a lot of doubts about each other to test one's assumptions about human character. On the Atlantic crossing, Hyperion would carry only the captain and his seven crew members, one or two computer programmers, Clark, and me. Why Jim Clark was so worthy of study was another matter, and I'll come to that soon enough. For now, I'll just say that the quirks in the man's character sent the most fantastic ripples through the world around him. Often starting with the best intentions, or no intentions at all, he turned people's lives upside down, and subjected them to the most vicious force a human being can be subjected to. Change. Oddly enough, he was forever claiming that what he really wanted to do was to put up his feet and relax. He could not do this for more than a minute. Once he'd put up his feet, his mind would spin and his face would redden, and he'd be disturbed all over again.